We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, May 10th. Six days from now, we will know the results of the NBA Draft Lottery. That's pretty exciting. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Taylor with me tonight. Just hoping it's uh, like it was last year where I went, yes, 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 yes. Still one of my best videos I have. (laughs) We've also got Nick Crane. The uncontested is first team all podcast. Hey, well done. I agree. We got a uh, 100 first team votes. That's what happened. Unanimous. Unanimous. <laughs> Unlike J Dub, who was not a unanimous yeah. first team all rookie. We'll talk about that in a second. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. You can catch us Sundays live on YouTube at 9 p.m. And Wednesdays live at YouTube on 9 p.m. With a slight caveat, next week, no Wednesday show. Because we're going live Tuesday, right after the draft lottery. Can't so, wait. Thunder, stay the same. Jump, slide back, whatever. We will be here to talk about all of it. Talk about who gets Wemby and Scoot. Should be a fun, fun time next Tuesday. So make plans to join us on YouTube or wherever you download your podcasts at. The YouTube love has been crazy recently. Um, just seeing how many more followers we're gaining. Every time like I log in, there's new comments on YouTube videos. Really, really cool. Um, very humbling. So thank you guys so much for that. We love when you guys get in here and get in the live stream and chat with us as well. So make sure to do that. First thing to touch on, because we haven't podcast since this happened, J-Dub, first team all-rookie, got 99 first-place votes out of 100 voters. J-Will also got one first-place yeah, vote did. 
Did somebody get the names mixed up, Nick? No. According to Howard Beck. Um, what up, Beck? Is that because me. Howard was the one who voted that? I don't know. He said was he, was, he was told. Maybe it was him. By but, the league, um, he said. But he, He's a guy that I, I could, he's got a, enough reputation to think that he knows what he's talking about and has a reliable source, and I trust it. I don't yep. think it was a mix-up. That's wild to me. But the person that voted Jay Will first team the same, it also voted Jay Dub first team. Oh. So it's like the conspiracy goes deeper. We need and to so, know who was it. It was a Houston person. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah. Or it was it. the guy that voted Walker Kessler um, rookie of the year. It's one of the two. <laughs> Andy, what's his face? Uh, yeah. No, that's that's probably pretty accurate. I think somebody went a little deeper and said that like based off the Houston players who, who did get first team votes most likely is a Houston beat rider, which makes a lot of sense. Screw him. <laughs> That's karma. Enjoyed getting the sixth pick this year. You son of a gun. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I we, know. Exactly. Go back. Maybe I it doesn't like, matter to you, Nick. It matters to me. Well, I, like to, I like to go back and look at all rookie teams of the past and like, Almost always, like six of the ten guys that make a team end up like being really, really good NBA players. But there's always like three or four their first team all rookie that end up like flaring out completely. They're out of the league already three or four years later. Or so who who is it on this this team on this all rookie team <clears throat> that flares out? Yeah, the the team was Paulo Bancaro, Jalen Williams, Benedict Matherin. Jaden Ivy made second team or first team? He was first. He made second. I thought he was first. I know Walker Kessler was check. first. Taylor will get it pulled up for Curry us. Harry Eason, Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, Nimhard dismissed it. Um, yeah. That's why I was thinking Ivy was second. Maybe Ivy okay, was yeah, second. you know, he was second. Uh, Paulo Kessler, uh, Benedict Mathering, Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Yeah. So then, who who's the the bust, Nick? I, I'm not ready to say anybody's a bust. That no, would not like yeah. But who, who has the the highest bust potential? Who's going to be the one out of the league? Walker Kessler. Three to four years. Easy. Again, I don't I don't think any of them have shown. Obviously, their first team are rookie. They've shown nothing but good things. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you who I think may not end up being a top five player in this class is Ben Matherin. I think the inefficiency is really, really tough. Like as a as a rookie, Pacers fans are going to come at your throat. I mean, I don't think Pacers fans would disagree that he was super inefficient. Um, had the really hot start, but in year one, that's like fine. It's like he's a young rookie finding his footing. Inefficiency is expected, but year two, three, four come around. If that continues, like you're pretty limited in like your in terms of your upside and, and minutes. And are you just a six man at that point? Um, I think the rest of the first team guys will be really, really solid. Um, I don't know who else would like flare out. Like, I, I really think all these guys would have a hard time busting completely. I don't think anybody's going to bust. I, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, but Walker Kessler just is the one who I think could just be like that solid solid starting center who plays a certain amount of, you know, years in the league, but it's nothing more than that, which is completely fine. Uh, I just think maybe he's being a little, he had great, very 
great stats this, this rookie season. Was extremely efficient, elite shot blocker amongst all players in the in the league, much less rookies. But I just, yep. I could see him being the one just because he doesn't have necessarily an elite offensive mm-hmm. skill. Um, that, that could potentially be that quote unquote. I don't know. I hate calling it a bust, but well, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily sure. bust, but like a top ten player in their class. Yeah. Like, like right. looking back two years ago, Jay Sean Tate was first team. Yeah, I wouldn't consider point. him a top ten guy in that class. Yep. <laughs> um, Isaac Okoro was second team. Like, I don't. He has. He's been kind of underwhelming in Cleveland for the most part. Year before, Kendrick Nunn was first team. Eric Pasco was first team. Brandon Clark was first team. I don't think Brandon Clark's in the same kind of negative tiers as first two guys I mentioned, but like injuries, like is he going to end up being a top 10 rookie? Terrence Davis, um, Kobe White, like not none of those guys are busts, but would you consider those guys top five, top 10 in their class? It, It would be an argument. Right. I think that's fair. Let's move on from first team all rookie to talk about first freaking team all NBA. Announced uh, about three hours ago now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander makes his first All-NBA team, and his debut comes on the first team. Actually, he's the fourth highest vote-getter on that first team. Ahead of Luka Doncic, Shea was the highest-rated guard of all All-NBA guys. Just a massive... Massive achievement. I think we all knew this was coming for a while now. But now that it is official, the Thunder have a first-team All-NBA-er on the roster, an all-star, top five in MVP voting. Just taking a step away from it all, now that we've been a little bit removed from the Thunder season. Letting it settle in a bit, like, either of you guys just overall, like, I don't know, thoughts or um, reflection on what it actually is that Shea accomplished this season? Well, before we go any further, first things first, perfect timing. Here about 20-ish minutes ago, Shea Gilles-Alexander on Instagram. Another just straight bars. They used to make jokes and say the team I'm on's the worst. Now I wake up and the team I'm on is first. That's incredible. Banger. Banger. <laughs> I think it, it goes well beyond the numbers. Obviously, exploded offensively, was a top three or four score in the league. Um, defensively showed a lot this year that we hadn't seen in the past, but it's it's flat out the winning. Like taking a team that was expected to be bottom five to the play in and in one game away from making the true playoffs is just like it, team effort, you know, and he'd say the same thing, but that is if you take him off this team, how many impressive. ones do they have? <laughs> Not that many. A lot less. So I think like my half. I don't think half. Twenty? Like, if they don't have Shea, you don't think it's only twenty wins? No, I think it's more like twenty six to twenty eight, oh, probably. Ooh. I was gonna wow. say like twenty four. I mean, we we've seen we've seen in the past like Giddy without Shea. Yeah. His numbers are crazy. M-A-Dub, Dub, Dub, Dub had the develops. upside to to do a lot more with more shots. Um, I think they would have been fine. I wonder Not what their record was <laughs> without <laughs> Shea. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Google machine could tell us. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to uh, Google's new AI. Um, 
Well, Jacob's looking that up. I think my I'm not what, looking at first. <laughs> I saw you like I thought you were typing or something. You're like, eh. no, <laughs> and it's fine. I'm sure they were okay with Alshay. Um, I'm showing <laughs> Oklahoma City's record without SGA this year was 500, seven and seven. So better. Wow. Which is, I think, not, not, that, that, not that that was Three a supporting yeah. <laughs> evidence when I Trey doesn't contribute statement. to winning. Trade him now. Values at but the no, highest. I, I think that shows that Thunder would win more than half the games they did win without Shea. That's fair. Um, and honestly, we maybe haven't even seen the full impact of Shea performing at this level um, as we will moving forward. Just because, again, I think like this season, there's a lot of those wins that happen because kind of like what you were alluding to there, Nick, is these guys play hard. They play a certain brand of basketball, regardless. We've talked a lot about the plug and play, regardless of who's on the floor. Um, but obviously that's going to change a lot next season. And Shea is going to be the catalyst for that. And I think my main thoughts, Jacob was like, I was going back to that Paul George trade. You know, at first I went back to what we were talking about Shea in the off season. Like, is he a one B kind of guy? Does Thunder still need their one A? Can that be Chet? Like after we got Chet in the draft. And now it's like that, that just seems so r- ridiculous. Um, and so then I even like went even further down that rabbit hole and thought about when we traded Paul George and got Shea in return. And if you were to tell us at that point that one of those players in that return, alongside the plethora of draft picks and, and swap rights, was going to be a first team All NBA player, much less a first team All NBA player at the age of 24 and only his what, fourth year in the league. Yeah, right. Yeah. Plus, you get. Like, I think we'd all agree that like, there's there's a chance that when this team is consistently winning, Shea and Dub could be the best two players in the team. Absolutely. And they both came from the Paul George trade. Uh, yeah. And that, plus, that thanks, LA. Kind of blows me away. Thanks, Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Appreciate it. And what do the Clippers have to show for it? Another first round exit. Ticket sales um, and lots of injuries. Yeah, that's probably true, Nick. A new <laughs> arena with apparently a shitload of toilets. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, just incredible by Shea. The leap. Um, there's no reason for us to think he's not going to get better going into next year. He's done yeah, be literally pumped. every season. Oh yeah, no, Dude. absolutely. How cool would it be? Pumped. Like you're keep, like. It kind of keeps hitting me throughout this off. Or I say off season. We aren't in the true off season yet. This is the Thunder stop. Like Chet's coming back to this basketball team. Yeah, like that's and wild. something I just now thought of. Like, if you are a projected lottery guy in this draft, how many teams do you have above OKC as the team you want to go play for? Lots of playing time. A team that's going to compete. That's got. A lot of young talent. You're not going into a, a situation where you're probably going to rack up a lot of DMPs. You know they're good at developing young guys. Like OKC's got to be high on the list of yeah. a lot of these guys that are projected lottery picks. Totally I agree with that. I would only push back on like like the Amon Thompsons and some of the other maybe lead ball handlers. I think that maybe one of their role with the team. But no, I think you're like you you think past those kind of top. For I mean, it's really top two guys at this point. Oh, <laughs> and it craps you the rest of the way, but I disagree a little bit. I, I agree with the the sentiment and like the idea, but I think a guy like Amon Thompson knows and thinks he's good enough that it doesn't matter where he's drafted, he's gonna play oh, a lot. Correct, there. correct. No, it like it doesn't matter if you're drafted by OKC. I think you're ecstatic yeah. to Jacob's point. Yeah. yeah. Um 
I just mean like I could see a player like that and obviously a scoot. Like, do I want to be the quote unquote, you know, they probably think this co-star alongside uh, Shay. Um, but regardless, like I think of like an Anthony Black projected, I think in a lot of, I, I hate, like you said, Nick, going through all the different mock drafts, but just amongst us three, I think we all think he probably will be like a five to seven guy. Maybe he goes higher. Maybe he goes a little past that range. I think five to seven is a sweet spot. Uh, I think he'd be ecstatic to go to the Thunder. I think there's a lot of guys in that. He's a big Thunder fan. Yeah, true. He said the one guy he loves to watch play is Giddy. Yep. All right. um, Kind of getting off track here. Any other thoughts on Shea, first team All-NBA? I mean, I I don't want to like aggregate everybody else's tweets (laughs) for all the different Thunder accounts, but uh, when you go through the list, it really is pretty incredible. The amount of uh, All-NBA Thunder players that we've had since this franchise came here in 2008. Who is it? KD, Russ, Russ, Shea, PG, Chris Paul. Um, Was Chris Paul first James, team that year? No, sorry, these aren't first. I'm just going off uh, all, all NBA. Just all NBA. I think it's pretty um, elite company. Uh, my closing thought: the the best players in history um, are often these guys that are like the best from their country ever, like the Dirk in Germany. Um, you got Giannis, you got Jokic, you got Luka, like all these guys that are um, like their home countries, like who they represent. And when you think about that country in basketball, you think about them. The coolest thing for me is seeing some of the people I follow that are Canadian basketball people, um, whether it's covering the Raptors or the Canadian, Canadian national team or just living in Canada, saying that Shea is kind of on track to become the Canadian goat, like move along Steve Nash. Like he's, he's on the trajectory. That's incredible. Yeah, he's definitely right now the best Canadian player playing basketball right now. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's close. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is he top three Thunder player all time? In terms of of production and accolades and tenure, yeah. Um, It's not a lot of tenure, but but to your point, Nick, like, yeah, like, like, like Chris Paul is all NBA, but it was like a one year thing. Harden ended yeah. up being awesome, but like in Oklahoma City, he was, was just afterwards. On, he was, yeah, he was just kind right. of awesome. As so far as I, what I would, they did for the Thunder, I think he's number three. I would say, yeah, I agree. Unless you want to make that's the awesome. argument about like the Nick Collins, but no, that's I, okay. I agree. Uh, well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Nick Collison. Please go to the draft lottery and bring us good luck again. That's right. Speaking of, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to do the first of probably many, I don't know, the first uncontested mock draft for the 2023 NBA draft that's coming up in a month and a half, folks. It's going to be here pretty soon. So we will start right on the other side of this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. And it is mock draft time. You guys ready? So I have ready. Tankathon pulled up here. Um, it's kind of hard to see. Is there a way that we can make ourselves smaller? Nope, that just flipped the sides. Mm. Oh, well. Um, I Obviously, I'll have to tell everybody what the draft order is because uh, we have people listening to the podcast and not watching the live stream. Before I hit this sim button and we start, we need to establish our order. Uh, Nick will draft first. Taylor will draft second. I will draft third. And then are you guys cool with doing a snake draft? So I was going to ask. I'm cool with it. Yes, but we're going to make the Thunder pick together. I we like that. The consensus okay. two out of cool. three have to agree with it. Love it. Okay. I'm cool with that. Um, cool. Any predictions on who's going to land number one on the spin? I'm always wrong on this. It's going to be it's going to be Orlando, Detroit, San Antonio in that order. Ooh, okay. Then I will just go to my uh, usual, which is San Antonio one. Here we go. We got San Antonio with the number one overall pick. Indiana with pick number two. The Detroit Pistons are picking third. Charlotte stays put at fourth. Houston drops to five. The Portland Trailblazers drop to six. Orlando is seven. Washington, eight. Utah Jazz, nine. The Dallas Mavericks are at 10. The Orlando Magic are back again with the Chicago pick at 11. Thunder, 12. Toronto, 13. And New Orleans, 14. I keep forgetting Nick? about that. I was listening to Bassini's pod. Um from last week actually just getting caught up on the podcast earlier and the fact that Orlando has two potential lottery or not two potential two lottery picks is it's pretty nice they're, they're definitely a trade-up candidate yeah. um do you guys want the the draft day sounders or no sure yeah okay Let's do it. <laughs> uh, i that's an awful sound that's why i'm plugging <laughs> the the thing in so bear with me a moment we'll get the sounders there Nick, I assume you have pick number one locked and loaded (laughs) and ready to go. Sure do. Locked, cocked, and ready to rock. The I I love the. There's the sounder. Sounded good. Uh, I'll I'll start with the pick. The San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. I think we've all known he's the, the number one pick for a while now, but I think it is fun how it like the conversations around him have evolved. Like most hype draft pick ever the you know the highest rated prospect since blank like it's it's super fun to think about just how um special he could be but that comes with a lot of pressure it does like as much as i'd love to be wimby there is just as much uh external noise that if he's not elite elite very early on yeah he's gonna hear about it. can crush most people i i think wimby has a mentality though i'm not so much worried 
about that. Um, one concern I do have is thinking about back to his season two seasons ago when he was playing with a team that, gosh, what what was that? Uh, it was another France league, right? But they also played in the Euro league. And so he was playing closer to like 70 something games compared to like the, what is it? The 40 to 50 that he's playing this season. He got dinged up a little bit. And, but again, like I think when you have a prospect this elite, I'm not sure how in depth we actually want to break that down at this point right now uh, with this exercise, but like, I, I'm not sure that even matters as much um, because we haven't seen anything serious, anything that's going to affect him long-term. I do wonder a little bit about him to your point, Nick, like through the duration of an NBA season. But again, like the, this is the best prospect we've seen since LeBron. I think he's better than AD yeah. was. I think he's better than Zion. Um, yeah. It, yeah. And it's the no thing that goes, I think with the prospect that's like that much locked into the number one, he almost gets like, he, he's hyped up a lot, but he's undercovered at the same time. Um, I think what's interesting is a year ago, we considered him the number one pick and that was coming off a season um, with Asvel. You just mentioned the team is before, before he, he moved to, to Mets 92. He only averaged like nine points and five boards a game this season. 22 and 11 almost. So like not only was he this incredible prospect, he's gotten a hell of a lot better and shown he can do it as the primary guy and being the best team in his French league. So easy pick. We can move on. Before before we move on, can we have like 120 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Of, I just want just, well, it's not going to happen. But let's just flirt with the idea of if he ended up in Oklahoma City. Like, what does that look like? I, I so I have an answer for you because I was thinking about this. As I was thinking I was about it on the drive home, home today. Me too. Same, Me too. same. Look at us. I don't think about us. that on the drive home. For what Nick doesn't like to set himself up for disappointment. However, Jacob and I. <laughs> This is why we're depressed. I've been a Cowboys fan for way too long to, to be optimistic. I mean, about between the two of them, would he and Chet average next season six blocks a game combined? Easy. E- oh, I don't I know about easy. easy. Who, who gets bumped from the starting lineup? It's got to be start, Lou, right? Oh, they start to. Oh, I think between him and Chet, I was like, what? No, no, no. He and Chet would start. Yeah. This is where would start. Him. I think it starts with Dub only because they want to bring Dub off the bench to kind of leave that oh, second see. unit. I think that changes before the season's over. No, no. I do D- think D- that's they go size. Year. I think they go six six Shea, six seven Dub, six oh, nine Giddy, seven hate, one Chet, seven I four Wimby. Lou with the second unit. Oh, I would hate that so much. It's I okay. Think, I think it's okay. then trade Lou. Like I mean, agreed. But I I like to think about like if you run a zone with those two guys as like your your. Two low guys in the zone. What if you put one of them at the point? Like, and then they no, just like, spread their arms I think out. You run a one-three-one. You put yes. Wimby in the hole. Yes. You put Thank Chet. You. you put Chet kind of free throw line. One-three-one in the NBA. You can't park a guy in the lane. Yeah. Um, but uh, put him like at the free throw line, just above the free throw line. You got Dub and you got Giddy at at six seven six nine on the wings and Shea at the point of attack. You used to have long arms flying everywhere at that point. The length, and I just dude. I like to think about like the Mark Dagnall ethic lineup where he's like Chet at the five, Wemby at the four, um, Us at the three, the three and Shea and Dub. Poku. Poku at the two. 
Shea at the one. Insert one of Shea. Slap Icy Hot under everyone's armpits during the timeout. So they just stand like this with their arms straight up and just block everything. Like Arms out, Jacob, not up. I'm doing both of them. Okay, jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. We would, uh, we would have to make the inflatable tube man shirt, but all five. Yeah, be fun. It'd be incredible. Um, it really, I bet, even from a playmaking standpoint, the connectivity. Oh, dude, between, give me, give me four or five pick and rolls. The spacing on the four between all those. I mean, it's just, it, it would be modern basketball to the extreme. Giddy comes around a screen and then he. I don't care that he can't throw a log. You just sling that son of a bitch up there somewhere. Someone will grab it. Get like, throw, what do you mean can't throw a lob? And he's not good at throwing lobs. He said oh, that in the past. He, he will instantly get better if he had Chet and women. I, yeah. You don't have to be good at throwing the lobs. As long as you don't throw Fair. it up to Loud City, one of those two can catch it. To Nick's point, I think when you're throwing lobs to, I love Jay Will, but to Jay Will, I, it's a little different. Yeah. All right, we got to move on with our mock draft. <laughs> Taylor, you are up with pick number two, uh, which belongs to the Indiana Pacers. Do you have your selection ready? I do. Thought about it briefly, a little more than Nick probably did with pick number one, which I think is what uh, the team at pick number two would do. But ultimately, they're going to go with Scoot Henderson, who I think is just an elite prospect in his own right, not to the extreme that Wimby is. But I mean, first of all, freak athlete as we talk so much about and as nick likes to uh to post on our on our twitter account because he really is at only what i think he's 19 at this point but it, it's pretty ridiculous the way he's built and you see that on the floor elite athleticism the thing i love about scoot is he continues to show playmaking ability um he's continuing to improve with his shot making this past season, I know was super exciting uh, for him, like for him individually, also watching him as a prospect. But I think a lot of it was just like, we need you to be healthy and we're going to get you to the draft. We know what you can do. You were a 17 year old two years ago playing against pros. Um, we're just going to get you healthy <laughs> and get you to be a top two pick in the NBA draft. Again, he has a lot of things at a high level. The big thing, like a lot of, I think, uh, prospects in this draft is going to be the shooting can't continue to come along but i feel better about scoot shot than i do about a lot of these other prospects uh, particularly how it translates to the three-point line so just a lot of a lot of things you can say about scoot i know he's small big wingspan i think he'll be fine defensively guarding one through three i'm a big fan of scoot i think he's easy number two regardless of who the team is i i like i love scoot actually um the one concern I have, and I'm going to preface this by saying I would still take him too. I don't care who the team is. Um, and it's not enough of a concern where I'm like actually worried about him. But but this this thought process has crossed my mind multiple times where guys that predicate their game on athleticism have shorter lifespans in the NBA. Like mm-hmm. they, they flare out a little bit earlier. You see this with Russ. D Rose, like even if he hadn't had all the injuries, I think it's probably similar. Um, Jaw, I have kind of similar concerns. Like if his shot doesn't become halfway elite, um, how long can he be at the pinnacle of the league versus someone like Steph that the way he shoots, he could be, he could be 38, 39 and still a fantastic player. Um, Scoot is awesome in the mid range. So like Taylor said, there's, there's reason for optimism for his shot long-term. 
for whatever reason, the three-point shot two years in a row in the G League has been pretty bad. Like it started out really good this year, actually. Like the first couple weeks of this season, I, I think he was like 38 to 42 percent, somewhere in that range, and just fell off. And and he had injuries. It, it was kind of a weird season in the G League for him. Shut down early. Um, but if he can't develop into a really good three-point shooter, I think that the lifespan of his career could be shortened. That said, 10 years from now, the league could look very different. Like The league changes rapidly. Maybe it goes back to physical bully ball. There's a bunch of centers. You can be this athletic guy that doesn't have to shoot threes to be good at 35. But that's that's my one thing with Scoot. And again, I would still take him two. But I wonder if at age 33, someone like Brandon Miller, who's an elite shooter, will he be better like post prime than scoot is post prime. That's fair. Well, speaking of, we are on to pick number three, which belongs to the Detroit Pistons. The pick is in the Pistons will take Brandon Miller third overall, um, a team that has a ton of really oversized fours and fives. Uh, I think bringing in Brandon Miller, who can really floor space, you get Cade back. I think your one, two, three being Cade, Jaden, and then Brandon Miller makes a lot of sense. Guy that can really space the floor, can defend. They trade, uh, they being Detroit, traded away um, Sadiq Bay, who was kind of that bigger jumbo wing who could shoot a little bit. Uh, Brandon Miller can come in and fill that role. Uh, and I think he would kind of fit stylistically with Detroit pretty well. I think if Detroit falls, uh, I think this is the best case scenario for them to fall personally. And they could end up like to Nick's point with, I mean, a guy that it, could be number two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like the fit. He, he like all the, all the things that he was um, like faulted for early in the season. He got much better at and, or prove people wrong, which is most impressive thing. Um, he early the season was on fire from three and everyone said, yeah, but he can't drive. He can't finish at the rim. He's just a shooter. Season went on. He started like being bonkers at the rim and like mid range was like his go-to bread and butter before Alabama and didn't show it as much in college, but he has it. So he has the three point shot. He has the mid range. He has the rim finishing. He has a self creation. We saw like no one talks about this. Brandon Miller was actually like he showed a lot of upside as a defender this year. Like he is a jumbo wing. Like this, like I I comp him to Paul George. Like, Agreed. He he has, in theory, everything that you want from the modern wing. So Jacob, I I love the pick at three. Nick, right, I was just gonna, going to say that every so sorry. Every, Every single area that we want to see him improve in this season, I think he did improve in from finishing around the rim, rebounding, and defensive defensive versatility. All right, pick number four is me again as we're doing the snake draft. It belongs to the Charlotte Hornets, and I've got the pick ready. Maybe a little bit of a surprise here. Uh, With pick number four, Charlotte is going to go with Cam Whitmore. Dang it. Boy. That's why I went at five. Amen, I think, is a really good player. I think when you have a guy that desperately needs the ball in his hand like LaMelo, uh, putting a man next to him like could work, definitely could work. But also with the idea that maybe P.J. Washington is leaving, 
um, Cam Whitmore is like, I've seen a lot of people comp him to Miles Bridges, who used to be in Charlotte. And we knew that that pairing worked with LaMelo. Um, I Cam see is way like more a, upside than Miles, but I, I yes. love the idea of the same role to your point. Yep. And like ISO type player, um, I could see this being the pick uh, here. So we have Cam Whitmore going fourth overall to I the love, Charlotte love that Hornets. Pick. Love that pick a lot. Um, I, I, the thing I love about Cam is that he showed that he can uh, shoot from three at the high school level. He showed that he was capable of shooting from the mid-range, even though we didn't see as much in his, his freshman year of college. And even though he's not necessarily a quick athlete, he's extremely explosive. Um, he's not necessarily a great playmaker like off the dribble. But again, I, I love that fit with Charlotte and with Lamelo specifically. It's hard to come in off an injury like he did, thumb injury to start the year. Didn't play early in the season, but Team USA before that played the best ball of his entire life as like the alpha. Dude's going to be so good. Yeah. He outshined the guys like Ivy and Chet at times, right? He's, I mean, in terms of USA basketball, the the string of games he had last summer was like, okay, so that holy crap. Yeah. All right. We are on to pick number five, which is the Houston Rockets. Taylor is on the board. Taylor, are you ready? Ready. So with the fifth pick, if I'm Houston here, um, I wish I could get fancy and like kind of go off a uh, consensus, but I can't. Amon Thompson, I think, is the pick here, especially imagining him alongside Jalen Green in that backcourt. I think it's just fascinating. Uh, Amon is obviously a very lengthy uh, in terms of wingspan and also height, uh, just freak athlete who is, I mean, you've heard this over and over, but he's going to enter the league as a, maybe a top three, top five, at least athlete in the entire league. The thing I love about that athleticism though, is it's, it's unique in its own way. And what I mean by that is like, he kind of has a change of pace, not similar to Shea, but that's kind of what I think of. Uh, he's so fast twitch that he can change direction so quickly that throws defenders off guard when he's, when he's driving to the lane. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, a lot of things that we haven't really ever seen before. It reminds me, I, I see shades of D-Rose at times. Obviously, the Russell Westbrook comp is there because he has that same explosion when he's driving to the rim, but he can... Some just, jaw there, too. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like a combination of all of it. He's able to keep defenders off balance because of that. He also has the playmaking chops that his brother doesn't have, although I have grown a lot of uh, Asar after Nick persuaded me uh, here earlier in the year. All that being said, the man conserves the shot. Not great touch. Even around the rim, I don't think the touch is necessarily there, but everything else is so elite. And I think the defensive or the, the physical attributes will translate defensively. Um, he's just the highest upside player here in this position. I love the, the fit with Houston, especially with Hidoko there as the uh, the head coach. So He cool. feels very Houston-y. And very the only thing I think to add onto Amen is take the Knicks argument with Scoot and then just like multiply it. Yep. It's really where we're at. Uh, Nick, speaking of, you are up at pick number six, which is the Portland Trailblazers. Are you ready? Play the sounder. I'm going to go probably off consensus of where you guys would go. Um, I'm going to go with Sar here. We're going to go back-to-back Thompson twins. I think there's a real case for Jairus here, Um, especially because 
Portland fans would probably prefer a guy that could impact the game earlier. And I think Jarris could impact the game earlier. In the same token, if you're the Portland Trailblazers and you're expecting a rookie to come in to turn around what was a dismal season, you, you probably should just trade Dame and, and yeah. move on anyways. Um, as such, whether you move on from Dame this offseason or the next summer or midseason, I'm still going to take a guy that I think would be awesome with the, with the younger guys they have today and love Shaden Sharp, love Anthony Simons. Um, but I think if you draft a guy like Asar Thompson, who's my pick here, um, the athleticism on the wings, because I think Asar um, and Shaden can both be pretty switchable. Like, like I, I love that. Asar could, Asar could, could play some lead guard. Um, Shaden can play some lead guard. Anthony can play some lead guard. But all three of those guys could also play off ball and kind of on the wing. And in a guard-driven league, I think that is super, super valuable. And mm-hmm. with Asar's athleticism and Shaden's athleticism, I don't know. I just think I think that that pick, maybe next year, isn't the most impactful. But longer term, I just really, really like that that one-two-three punch. I agree with that. And like specifically to Portland, I'm curious what you guys think. But I just I I think about the overtime elite. And again, very strange league. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan, I think, when I kind of have dove into some of the tape of the Thompson twins. But um, the idea of a SAR and Shaden Sharp running in transition. No, the athleticism is insane. And you know Mike Schmitz has scouted the piss out of the Thompson twins at the OTE. Spot on. Um, Real quick, going like more Thunder thoughts here. Is this the f- probably the first gettable pick in this draft? Mm-hmm. That's a good if point. One's at six. Yeah, I think so. Asar a is like I think becoming the guy, my trade up guy. If the Thunder can move up, the shot's scary, but a lot of the other stuff just kind of fits. High level rebounder, really high IQ guy, really good defender. I've seen people comp him all over the place. Uh, Keandre today uh, dropped a Asar video, comped him to. Andrew Wiggins, which I thought was really fascinating. I like that one. Uh, I've, I've, seen Andre, I've seen Andre Iguodala. Um, I think it would fit well with OKC. And if, I mean, people talk about his jump shot a lot. People talk about Getty's jump shot a lot. I think you give him time and the space to explore and you get him with Chip. Maybe maybe he can turn around, maybe he can't. And, and OT also has like some world-renowned shot coaches. And, and, and we saw it improve. Nick, um, I, I did not improve much. Sar did. Like, if you look at his like mechanics, very, very different. Um, he's still not a great three point shooter, but he was much better. I, I think a lot of people are are still down on Asar as a shooter. I, I think the trajectory is on, especially if you get him in a system like Oklahoma City with Chip. I think he's a thirty seven percent three point shooter in the NBA. I agree be completely. Awesome. Only because you turned me around on that, Nick, and then. Sure enough, his uh, last season of the the OT or last game of the OTE season, he's the game winner from three, right? Just kind of like yeah. to put the cherry on top. I think he's becoming my my OKC guy. Um, Nick, Love you're that. up again at seven, picking for Orlando. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. I I'll go Jairus here. Um. I think he was like the the secondary guy, one of the six for Portland. I think he 
would be great in Orlando. Um, Orlando is story- enough big guys now. <laughs> well, uh, he, he's a little different than than their past archetypes. Like they love these yeah. super long, skinny um, type of forwards, and, and as versatile as some of the guys they like are, like the Bull Bull, Jonathan Isaac type of player. Like like Jarris is also very very versatile in sort of a different way, but the physicality that he provides alongside a guy like a bull bull and alongside a Wendell Carter who does have the physicality. Um, I think them like who cares who's the quote unquote four or five. If that is your front court, I think you on both ends of the floor are super, super intriguing. I think that's fair. I like Jairus a lot. I think he is another great OKC fit. Um, even playing like some quote unquote small, small ball, ball five, five. even yep. though he'd be the heaviest guy on the Thunder by a long shot. <laughs> um, I don't I'm know. Curious, probably... I'm curious what he measures out at the combine. Yeah, me too. I, I, I love I love the new combine rules. I I don't I don't know if he is as tall as people like visualize him as. I don't know what he's listed at on like the the Houston website. I think or he's six eight or six nine. I I doubt. He is six nine. Like seeing him in person a couple times this year, he is stout as hell. I don't think he's that tall. Interesting. Uh, Taylor, but he's every bit of that big. He's a thick boy. I think he's underrated as a playmaker too, to an extent. I think he's more of a connector maybe than a playmaker. Smart, but... smart IQ. Totally. Um, really good in the short roll. Uh, Taylor, you are up at eight with the Washington Wizards. Are you ready? Ready. So I actually have Taylor Hendricks, number six on my big board, uh, ahead now at this point at Jairus Walker. But that's not the player I'm taking here for the Washington Wizards. I'm going to go ahead and go with Anthony Black. Um, I like Anthony Black's fit here, I think, with the Wizards more than I do Taylor Hendricks. And I think about, I mean, again, assuming the Wizards are going to, quote-unquote, Wizards, uh, as a Kangs used to Kangs, even though we can't say that anymore. Shout out to Kings fans. (laughs) assuming they're going to re-sign Kuzma, assuming they're going to re-sign Porzingis. I like Anthony Black's fit a little more. I think he's more instant plug and play. Uh, I think he can set up guys like Bradley Bill, like the two other guys that I mentioned. He's an elite point of attack defender, uh, great on the perimeter. I think he's another guy that could probably guard one through three. If he can bulk up, maybe eventually he can guard one through four. But regardless, I don't think it matters because you want him at your point of attack on the the defensive end of the floor, whether it's in a zone or whether it's man to man and his playmaking is just on another level. There's again, it, it's, I always hate like going straight to thunder comparisons because we obviously cover the thunder. We know them way better. Uh, um, and it's hard not to do that instantly. But even as I've gone more and more in depth in this pre-draft process, I continue to come back to Josh Giddy in a lot of ways. They're different players from an offensive standpoint they read the game at a very, very high and similar level. They make the same kind of plays. I like how Anthony Black's able to move off ball a little better, I think, than Josh is. Uh, the shot's not going to translate. Uh, it'll be kind of similar to Josh. I think that's a key thing, right, for Anthony Black, is is if that shot can just become respectable enough, kind of like Josh just did this past season. I think that's going to be huge for whichever team drafts him and kind of falls him into that, that next level. So um, just to end, I think, on Black, I encourage everybody to go and listen to uh, Coach Spins, uh, the Boxing Ones, uh, recent recap he did on Anthony Black. He's very, very high on him. 
And uh, I, I agree with his analysis, analysis. I thought it was really good. So I'm going to go with Anthony Black here for the, the Wizards. I think that this is better than a Taylor Hendricks. He, he gets a lot of giddy comps, but uh, there's a lot of Lonzo Ball in his game too, especially with the defensive that's side of the ball. Way. Like Giddy Giddy's a, a Giddy's a big defender that can kind of slide up to the four. He's really not great for like a quick point guard. Anthony Black can defend quick point guards. And and Lonzo with the, the size, the passing, and the, the defense, I think that's pretty damn close comp. It's a good point, Nick. Like he's he's quick on the perimeter when he's defending and is still able to utilize the same kind of length. All right. I am up with pick nine, the Utah Jazz. Two guys I've been kind of thinking about here. I think the pick is Taylor Hendricks. That makes the most sense. I think he's the most upside left on the board. Utah wants talent. We're going to go Taylor Hendricks. Can I guess the other guy you were thinking, though? Sure. I think you were thinking about Grady Dick. Nope. Was it Casey Wallace? Yes. Dang it. <laughs> I thought getting a defensive-minded point guard in there. Kentucky kid who we've seen a lot of times in the past, those Kentucky guards get out of that Kentucky system in a more open NBA. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, I'm just I'm going highest upside here. I think Taylor Hendricks comes in and plays from day one. Uh, becomes kind of interesting. Like, do they slide Laurie Markinen down to the three? Do they just play Taylor Hendricks off the bench? But if your front court is Walker Kessler and Taylor Hendricks, you've got a lot of rim protection. A lot of guys who can Agreed. get up. Uh, I guess you could technically play Hendricks at the three and Agreed. still play Laurie at the four. Uh, Hendricks pretty mobile. Uh, doesn't create a lot, but has a really good jump shot. Very athletic. Um, I think for a Utah team that was planning on bottoming out and is now kind of on this on-the-fly rebuild, uh, Taylor Hendricks is a pretty good selection here. I love that fit. Agreed. His his hand-eye is special. Like The reason he, he generates so many steals and blocks is because when he's high-pointing the ball and when he's when he's playing angles and, and being in passing lanes, like he just he gets his hand in the right spot. For sure. Um, I'm up again at 10 with Dallas, and I'm ready to make the pick. Uh, with the 10th pick for Dallas, I am going Grady Dick. Ooh. A team that wants that. Nick talked earlier about the Portland Trailblazers having like an abysmal season and a uh, real disappointment. Uh, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks, right? I think Grady Dick is a guy that could come in and immediately contribute an NBA-level skill from day one. Uh, I think that would really appeal to Mark Cuban. Um, if this pick isn't on the move to like upgrade and get like a quote unquote star, um, I think Grady Dick is a good selection here just for that reason of you've got a guy that's a knockdown shooter that doesn't need the ball in his hands that can play off screens. Um, it's got some good size. It's like getting Davis Bertans, but like 10 years younger. I just, as this one isn't as much of an upside pick as a fit pick for me, I think Dallas is definitely going to try to go fit here because they need to. True. They're kind of on a on a ticking time clock with Luca. True, and I don't know, like Casey Wallace, Grady Dick. I'm I'm not sure the upside is all that different, even though they're very different players. Like I, I don't hate that pick at all. I just didn't think that was, for sure you could go Casey here for sure for defense. And they're like a really good point of attack defender. I just think, 
I think Grady Dick fits the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. Nick, do you have any opinions on that? He does. I mean, it, like you said, going back to the Portland thing, like, can you really expect one rookie to come in and, and change the outlook year season? Probably not. But I mean, they, they value shooting. They have Tim Hardaway Jr. They have Reggie Bullock. They got all these shooters that like, that's clearly their, 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 their MO is surround Luca with, with shooting. I super hot take. I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas reached for a big, um, do I think Derek Lively is worth the number 10 pick? Oh, no. No. Do I think Dallas is desperate for a big, especially when they plays defense very, very well? Yes. I could see Dallas trading back and taking Derek Lively. I don't think it'd take him at 10. Um, and outside of Wimby, like there's not a ton of lottery level bigs. But to me, if Dallas wants to fix their team with a rookie, as great as Grady is as a shooter, they have a lot of theoretical shooting like they gotta yeah. find a big dwight powell's not it i agree Agreed. i just from my perspective dallas is way more likely to trade out and get a established nba yeah. big before yeah. trading back they're not yeah. the savvy let's trade back and load up on assets type of team yep just i might see them taking like a grady dick and then going and trying to acquire i understand limited cap space but Acquire a big for agency, which wouldn't be what they necessarily need, or to your guys' point, trade a Tim Hardaway Jr. and whatever assets you have left to get a big. Yep. Yeah. Um that's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's move on to now pick eleven, which belongs to the Orlando Magic. And Taylor is on the board. Taylor, are you ready? I'm ready. This is <laughs> this is tough. Like this is the this is the first pick where I feel like I mean, at this point, it's hard not to just go best player available, which I think is probably what I'm going to end up doing. But I also could see Chicago getting cute here. Actually, sorry, it's going to Orlando. Okay, it's going to Orlando. Let's let's go ahead and get cute. Um, I'm going to go with the 15th player on my big board. I kind of like Balil Kolobali for the Orlando Magic. I think that's a versatile project and player that they could bring in. Um, They're in a position especially at this position, bringing in a player that their I think they can take their, yeah, right. Their second pick, uh, assuming to, to what we talked about earlier, they don't try and consolidate and trade up. I think they can afford to take a swing on a guy like that. And Kolobali is a player who's really grown on me. The more and more I've watched him. Um, I think he's somebody who could play alongside Apollo seamlessly. He can run transition. Uh, he's a decent defender, but has the tools to be a really good defender. Uh, again, not an elite playmaker, but can't playmake. But the biggest thing for me is he's another athlete who has shown the ability to be able to shoot. Like I think he has a, a lot of untapped talent and potential. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he develops because he's not going to be an instant plug and play guy. He's kind of like a Usman Jank, different players, but in the sense that they're going to come in and need a little time to develop with their team. I think and high, a higher upside guy like Kulabali would fit really well here with a team like Orlando who can take a swing on him. So um, I'm glad I noticed that because if I were picking Chicago, I would have just gone ahead and taken uh, Kaysen Wallace. Yeah, I think Orlando can get can have a lot of fun with that next. Kind of like Oklahoma City last year. Um, although they traded into 11. Um, let's assume like J-Dub, like they didn't have 12 and J-Dub was not their guy. Like that, that feels like the same thing. You, you got your guy in Chet. Now, second pick. Take let's, a swing. Just, let's take a. They've thrown the pitch. Take a swing at it. Yeah. 
see if you can connect. Yeah. Um, Nick is up at 12, which is Oklahoma City. We're all up at 12. Nick told oh, us we're point. all up at 12. I'll take 13. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Nick, you'll get the final two picks of the draft then. 13, okay. 14. Okay. Thoughts on 12. Oh, Guys that the, we have left. Well, no, man, I took cool about it, but no, I say okay. that. Um, I'm looking at Sam Vecini's um, recent big board, his top 100. Uh, names that he has that we haven't taken yet. Kaysen Wallace, Kobe Bufkin, Leonard Miller, Derek Lively, Bryce Sensabaugh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Jordan Ray Hawkins, Ray on repair. There's a uh, lot of great names. Derek Whitehead, Gigi Jackson. Did you what mention any of the guards that, or did you skip over them on purpose? Keontae George. I'm about, yeah. But still are, are good quality candidates like Bryce Sensabaugh, Jet Howard. I'm not high on them, but again, names that uh, I think should be mentioned in this range. Gigi Jackson, another project, but obviously super high upside. Um, Nick knows I love Max Lewis and Leonard Miller. We we said we would talk about him later. Um, we haven't gotten to that point. So not, I mean, there's there's a lot of great names. You can go deeper, like the James Najis. Um, gosh, Judah Mintz let's, is let's, a player. Let's each throw out one name, and we'll debate those three. So, Jacob, you go first. Leonard Miller. Okay. Taylor? <laughs> one. <laughs> one name. What about one and a half? Um, I mean, Case and Wallace being available here is so tough to pass up. I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and do Rayon Repair. Okay. Nick, what's your name? Um... I want you to take Kaysen, but you do what you want to do. We'll throw Kaysen in. I was gonna say, let's just throw him in as like a fourth. And I like Kaysen a lot. We all like Kaysen. I think I think he's really fun. Yeah. So we have Kaysen. I think he could shoot. I think he's like a really hard nosed defender. I I think Kaysen could fit on this team. So you have a a for sure guard in Kaysen. You have Repair, who's guard wingy, and you have. Uh, Leonard Miller, who's probably more of a four, but could play some three or some small ball five. So, do we play the game? I don't. I don't think the Thunder will play the game of of fit. Well, for Nick, the purpose I, of I was spot, saying this since we all agree on Wallace. You you take your a, a fourth player. Oh, I mean, I would I would take a Unless a long you, look at Jet Howard here, but I don't think you guys will even sniff I at get that. It. So, no, I think that's I I think it's worth the conversation. Um, I would sniff it. I'm not sure I'd go with it. But I get it. I mean, I just kind of think back to I, one thing I've learned over, like I, that I really got burnt on. I think in the previous draft uh, in 2022 was not looking back further than just college, one year of college or one year of G League United or NBL, and going further back into like a specific, specifically uh, American players like playing uh, high school ball and, and grassroots ball. Um, and I think Jet Howard showed a lot more potential than he did at Michigan. I still like Buffkin better as a prospect, I think. It's mm. interesting. No. Okay, let, let's focus on our three real quick and make a decision. Okay. Um, so do you do you want to do you want to discuss cuz it like, for the purposes of the pod. Like I said, you got a guard, a wing and a forward basically. Who do you think of these guys makes the most sense next year? And then who do you like the most long term and we may come to a consensus. I think next year, just for like, I don't know. 
Leonard Millard's interesting to me because I think he could play next year. I think he's got a lot of tools that the Thunder would like and could fill a role. But so does Poku, and so does Jang, and so yep. does JRE. And does Leonard Miller getting drafted at 12 by the Thunder just mean he's going from playing G League Ignite to G League Blue? I don't know. Could. I think I think Kaysen makes the most sense for next year. For Although next he's a guard. Everyone's going to say, we already have Lou at home. You already got all these guards. Thunder also have all these forwards, like Jacob just mentioned. So um, I think Kaysen is a player who can come in and like play the immediate three-point shooting role that the Thunder really need. While also three, providing three, a and deep, three a deep type of guy. Yeah, right, right. Almost can like play, maybe even split some minutes with Isaiah Joe. Not that we necessarily want that. I'm just saying that's where he could fit. I think Kaysen's got the most, but I think Kaysen has the high, highest floor of the guys we've talked about and the most immediate impact long-term. The other guys are just as intriguing, but if I was Sam Presti, I would go Kaysen Wallace here. I think that's fair. Let's do that. Um, not to delay us any longer, but if the board plays out like it has, my vote is when you get to the clock at 12, um, I'm calling Danny Ainge at oh. nine, who's got Taylor Hendricks in the bag. Yep. And I'm saying you want to slide back three spots, get I'll a case in Wallace picks. who fits your team really well, and we'll give you your pick back. You don't have to worry about the protections on that or anything. Your pick back. And we'll give you another asset. Do you want to take a swing with a Trey Mann? Do you want to take a swing in his final year with Alexei Pokashevsky? Do you want a lottery protected Thunder pick three years down the line? Um, I would I would dangle that out at Utah and see if I could just jump up and take Taylor Hendricks from them, who I think is a really good fit. No Casey. Love that. Agreed. All right, Nick, you now have pick 13, the Toronto Raptors. We don't really give a shit about these last two because we're already past the Thunder now. But let's do 13 or 14 just for the heck of it. Um, are you ready at 13? Yeah. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Okay. A clarification point. Taylor did take Koulibaly. Yes. yes. Okay. I think he is the most Toronto guy on earth. Um, I think they would take him here, but he's already off the board in this exercise. Um. I'm going to have Toronto take Keontae George. Okay. Um, I kind of like that fit. Yeah. Like, I, especially Van Fleet's gone. Yeah. I think that Keontae. I think the other one will be gone too. Oh, yeah. Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent. Gary Trent oh, Jr. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Um, I think Keontae gets labeled as this like year later. Um, Jaden Hardy, where he just scores the ball and six forward and have great size. But but I think Keontae has legit passing upside. I don't think he'll average 10 assists in the league, but um he can he can play lead guard. Like there's no doubt about it. And I think that he would be he could very easily be a guy that we look back and say he fell because teams didn't need guards, didn't value guards, didn't need that type of player. But could it, I, I think Keontae George, I would put money today without even knowing where he goes. I would put him on like, if I could put money down in Vegas on like first or second team all rookie. Like I think he will be very, very good in the NBA. I like it. Nick, you got the last pick in the draft, 14, <clears throat> the New Orleans Pelicans. You ready? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Jordan Hawkins here. 
I thought That's deeply about Gigi Jackson. I don't think he fits New Orleans because unlike the Mavericks and the um, Trailblazers, they have Zion coming back. So I think they have like a natural fix for some of their issues, assuming he comes back like like Zion that we know. Um, so I think uh, Jordan Hawkins is a guy that you can say he could play next year, fill it up from deep, play a role, and actually like we can lean on a rookie a little bit and and he, he would move the needle for them slightly or in a couple of games or I could see in a playoff series where he goes off and gets them one win that ultimately wins a seven game series. Um, I do think GG just for like full disclaimer, I think GG gets taken late lottery just because of his age. It's like a, it's a year after year thing. We've seen the Josh Primos and, and these other guys in the past that are the youngest guy or that one of the youngest guys in the draft that always get taken earlier than expected. But I don't, think he fits what new Orleans wants to do so i will not take him here i will go with jordan hawkins who i do not have anywhere near 14 on my board for what it's worth but i, I think right. it i wondered if you would maybe go kobe buffkin at 14 i just i'm not a Kobe <laughs> buffkin guy that's fair okay to recap our 14 oh sorry you won't be able to see it but i have hawkins 14 on the dot my board it's kind of funny to recap our mock draft uh number one san antonio takes victor Wembanyama. Number two, Indiana takes Scoot Henderson. Three, the Detroit Pistons take Brandon Miller. Four, Charlotte Hornets take Cam Whitmore. Five, the Houston Rockets take Amen Thompson. And at six, the Portland Trailblazers take Asar Thompson back-to-back. The Twins go. Seven, the Orlando Magic take Jarris Walker. At eight, the Washington Wizards take Anthony Black. Nine, the Utah Jazz take Taylor Hendricks. 10, Dallas Mavericks go Grady Dick. I almost said Dick Grady. Grady Dick. 11, the Orlando Magic take Bilal Kulabali. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, 12, the OKC Thunder take Kaysen Wallace. 13, Toronto takes Keontae George. And at 14, the New Orleans Pelicans take Jordan Hawkins. Pretty good mock draft. I think maybe... We did a really good job. <laughs> so do I. I think um, the best fit that we took tonight uh, for me is Washington getting Anthony Black at eight. Thank you. I think that's uh, exactly <laughs> what they needed. I there was a good lot value. of fits here. I really like. Uh, I like where some of these players landed. Um, like Asar with like, um, gosh, I'm Gorling. I was Shaden Sharp, and um, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun fits. Definitely. Um, one question I want to leave with before we log off for the night. We had around the association planned. Uh, we're already at an hour and five minutes. We're not. We don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So one parting question I have for you guys. I was thinking about this earlier today. The overwhelming like odds on favorite is that OKC stays put at wherever their draft position is. Right, that's like the overwhelming odds for every team. It's just they stay put, because in order to make a trade, it takes two to tango. But the other three options are A trade up, B trade back, C trade out. Rank those three things in order by likelihood for the Thunder on draft night. Let's say they they end up at twelve. What is most likely to least likely trade up? Trade back, trade out. Think of the order you said it. Trade up. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I don't see a world in which they trade out. I agree. But another idea I've had a couple different times driving home <laughs> is when I have my uh, thunder uh, ideas. You guys drive too much. I correct. We both live in the Norman area, so we we drive. Uh, all right, I guess Jacob works Norman, which is nice. Um, but I have a little uh, little car time, especially when I listen to basketball podcasts. And like I, I would at least make the pitch to Sam Presti, who probably won't hear it, who probably won't do it. And I think I agree with that decision. But I think if you end up at 12, it makes sense to trade out if you can get the right offer. Um, Just because you have development projects already, who I think can use that time to develop. I like where the roster's at. Uh, I think you can consolidate some of the guys at the end of the roster, like a Trey man, JRE, et cetera. We've talked about those players and, and, and bring in another young guy that fits the timeline. Um, I think Presley's argument would be that you can get a player with value just based off the contract long-term, like a rookie still a scale contract it is worth just taking a player here with the upside. But regardless, I, I think there's an argument to be made to, of trading out if you end up at 12. So what, what, what would you like? Like, what was it? What would you a trade out picks? package You want a player? Like? Yeah. What, what are you looking for? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, it, it's all hypothetical, right? But like, it has to be. It has to exceed the value of whichever player you have on your board at that time. You're saying so like probably kick the can a combination for of picks. that's kind of what I'm thinking with maybe a young promising player. I almost wonder about future picks again. And again, like I think the, I get it. Presty loves future picks. I'm just we are getting dangerously close to the point now. No, We've I, talked I, about I it for it. years. You can't make all the selections. Right. Like I almost think trade up because eventually Presty has said they're okay bringing 20 guys to camp and having to cut dudes. You're okay with that until the guys you're cutting are the guys that you just selected 12. Exactly. You know, you're not cutting the lottery pick you selected two months ago. And again, I, I at some point something has to give like, I don't know. I agree. I agree. I'm just playing Nick's role. No, no. Devil's advocate. I think it's fair. (laughs) I think trading out, you got to get a player over picks. And I have a hard time seeing them trade for a guy. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing them trade for a guy that's not on a rookie scale contract. Agreed. They love the the control aspect of the contract. They would want to trade for a guy that's on a rookie scale deal. What makes it hard is if you want to trade this pick for a young, promising guy, it's probably to a team that is not good and wants to keep trading for a pick and they want to keep their young, promising guy. So I... It's really hard. Agreed. Totally agree. Like, I would say, yeah, trading back is more likely than trading out. Siding from like 12 to 15 with Atlanta. But I keep thinking about, uh, Jacob, you mentioned Utah. Like, that is a really interesting trade candidate yeah. in that situation. Yeah, give them 12, give them their pick back, give them something else to jump from 12 to, to what 9 about, or 8. Like, what about the Heat? Um, I need a shout out. Uh, Donnie Hazelwood actually sent this to me not too long ago. Uh, if I can find it, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, and that, that you guys mentioned that made me think of it. OKC gets like 18, the Heat get their first back. Um, and again, that could be part of like a larger Dame deal. It's kind of what he was going for. But I even think about just like, shoot, we'll trade back to 18. You can get 12, but you like, you unprotect one of those picks. And like, that's an interesting deal. I don't know how much I value an unprotected Miami. Like they're, they're, they're perennial good. True. That's fair. 
When's the last time Miami picked in the top ten? I don't. I can't remember. Jimmy's getting older. Those yeah. aren't last time they picked in the lottery was um, Tyler Hero. Yeah, but, but the, even when they were in the I'd lottery, also, all those years they were like 11, 12, 13, 14 yeah. every time. Yeah. Like the the NBA two K fanboy and me that I've uh, I've buried deep, 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 deep down has wondered about like what about Bam alongside Chet in OKC. <laughs> I don't think the twelfth picks moving the needle for Bam. No, 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 no. I just yeah. sorry. I mean, in general, I'm talking about the Heat. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that'll do it for us, guys. Thank <laughs> you all so much. Up hypotheticals. It's time to get the heck out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in the show. If you logged on and watched us live tonight on YouTube, we really appreciate that. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel so you can catch us live all the time, just in the podcast version. We appreciate you as well. Drop that five star rating. We will be back Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. And then Tuesday is the NBA Draft Lottery. We will go live after the Draft Lottery. I think the Draft Lottery is at 6 or 7 p.m. And then we're going to go live at our typical 9 o'clock time, but Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Unless. Unless the Thunder jumped to one. We ain't going live at 9 if the Thunder get number one. (laughs) Well, you'll have to give me time to get my shirt back on. It's actually. According to NBC Sports, the first uh, result here on Google, 7.30 Central Time on Tuesday. There you go. So unless the Thunder jump, we'll be on at 9. We'll have no more lottery spins because we'll just have the order. And we'll have a blast breaking all of that down with you guys, talking Thunder and just league-wide, the implications of whoever gets number one, which will be a massive, massive league shifting lottery night honestly so make sure to tune in sunday night and then tuesday as well we will be back with you guys then uh have a great rest of your week and we will see you on sunday for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.